the final episode of our MASH series of another effing podcast about sitcoms. I'm your host, Michelle. I'm joined by Jan and Stan and Luke. Jan and Schlemene and Lilene, too. Welcome, Jan. (laughs) MASH, MASH, MASH! Attention all personnel, the war is over. MASH is going home next. You call me a taxi, I'll be on my way. Share their touching goodbyes and their new beginnings. I'll never forget you. MASH, the end of an era, a two and a half hour special. I miss you. The laughs and tears, the final farewells next. That is all. Uh, And I'm really excited to talk about this. Uh, We're going to talk about the finale of MASH. Uh, which was two hours of all yeah. of our lives. That yep, we, so get yes. ready for a two-hour podcast. <laughs> also, and I, guys, I don't want to say that we're like on the zeitgeist or pushing on the pulse of, of society here, but um, does anyone else see how fitting it is that, that we watch a was... show about ending the war the day uh, after Joe Biden gets elected president? Yeah. Yeah. I mean... The, there was a lot of like, oh, it's over. <laughs> yeah, a lot of relief, both on screen and off. Yeah. But, but that also that sense of uh, doom still and people dying still. Like I, right. I was like, right. yeah, oh, that's yeah. a little too close to home. Well, uh, yeah, and also the feeling of like, we did it, it's over, but what comes next? Yeah, yeah. what's yeah? Because there's a lot of that yep. too. I I watched um, West Wing to uh <laughs> to clean my palate. Really, Jesus! Like she wanted to get away from politics, so she watched the West Wing. <laughs> but it always makes me feel good to see, you know, Bartlett be Bartlett. Anyway, <laughs> no, 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 it, that makes sense. That makes sense. There was some... um, oh, go ahead, sorry. No, no, no. It's just there was a lot in the 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 episode. I was very emotional watching the episode for you know, well, like I, I. I fell into it hook line and sinker like every time and and i don't want to i'll jump ahead just for one second i have never really seen the show before i mean i've caught i always it was on i don't know when the reruns would always come on right after i had just watched some show and i don't remember it was the theme song is like burned in my brain um and then one night flipping through channels and it came on and i didn't even know it was the last episode but it was like the pivotal hawkeye scene so I knew about the chicken, like ahead okay. of time. I was curious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, 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 but I'm glad that, like, I knew it was going to happen. I'm glad it happened in the middle of the episode, not the end. Like, it wasn't the yeah. big mm-hmm. reveal. Totally agree. Yeah. Um. So just to set it up real quick. So this is uh season eleven, episode sixteen. Technically, it's a two hour long episode slash movie. Um. And for anyone who doesn't know. Uh, it's called Goodbye, Farewell, and Amen. Um, if we have any younger listeners or people who just don't know, this was a huge deal at the time. Mm-hmm. This is one of the most famous episodes, one of the fo- most famous TV moments of all time. Uh, directed by Alan Alda, written by Alan Alda, Burt Metcalf, John Rappaport, Dan Wilcox, Thad Mumford, uh, Elias Davis, David Pollock, and Karen Hall. A woman! The original air date, the original air date was February 28th, 1983. Um, so I know where can, I was that day. Yeah. Um, and the overall premise, uh, we basically see more or less what happens to all the main characters. The war ends. Everyone goes home. We can go over the, the major plot points as we go. But I, I do have some questions before we start. 
Okay. So what is a mash? What? <laughs> so what is a monster mash? <laughs> I was working the lab late one night. Yeah. Uh, no. um, you're, about a, you're about a week late for that. But go on. <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, so I guess two questions. One: Why were there so many writers? Was it like what they did with Modern Family, where they just wanted to thank everybody, or did everybody have a hand in writing this episode? Do you know? I don't know specifically. I mean, I assume probably because they broke it up. Um, cause like writing a movie is a lot of work, yeah. you know? I mean, I know usually it's like one or two people who do it, but they take years to write movies. So probably they were like, okay, this is the basic storyline. You got, you guys take this section. You guys take that. Yeah, section. The, the Hawkeye in the asylum feels almost, it almost feels fractured into two pieces. The sh- the episode, it yeah. almost feels like two one hour episodes. I know it's not that clean. There's a lot of like interlocking pieces, but I do feel like there's a definite rift of Hawkeye away, Hawkeye back. Is so there, maybe they there, split that up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I also wanted to know, and I, I should have watched the episode before, but there isn't anything that leads up to Hawkeye being in the asylum, right? They just no. jump right into that. No, uh, just a little mass trivia I remember from a kid. The last one I think is called like Bury the Hatchet or something. I don't, if I remember right, that was actually the last thing they filmed. If I, I can be wrong, but that I do mm. think that the episode prior was actually filmed after the finale, which kind of sounds crazy. Some, I don't know. Well. No, the finale. So the finale was filmed before any of season eleven stuff was filmed. Really, really, filmed. an entire yeah, yeah. season was filmed after that. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's it's whatever fifteen episodes, which is I mean, still a lot. Yeah. yeah. But this was basically a compromise with CBS because they wanted to end the show. It had been on a very long time, and they basically were like, "Look, like it's a shortened season." And then I don't know. There was some negotiation. They're like, "All right, we'll give you this big movie that we'll do, and then we'll do like a shortened season, and that'll be." That of the end, but yeah, the the movie was filmed first, and then they did the rest of it. So that they had burnt down, or not intentionally, they had burnt down the the whole mash uh, set mm-hmm. due to the uh, California wildfires, and then they had to rebuild it. I mean, that's what you're yes. saying. That's crazy. That's even oh, yeah, crazier. Yeah. Is that what really would happen? They burned it. That that it, was that, added at the last minute because there was a real wildfire. Yes, that that, that was a real. Oh. They, they the yeah, it really got destroyed. Um. But to answer your question, Luke, there's no, you did not need to see the episode prior. This is a standalone. Okay. That makes me feel much better. Yeah. Oh, also, finally, I win. No laugh track. There is no laugh track. Yes. Which is great. But I didn't know when to laugh. (laughs) I know. I I found myself laughing at the chicken, which felt weird. (laughs) But But, but no, no, I had no guardrails. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it definitely makes it feel like a much somber show. I yeah. mean, this yeah. obviously is a pretty dark episode. Very call it that. Dark. But, um, but yeah, it was. It definitely, you know, it was like I was like, this definitely doesn't seem like a comedy it, at all. It, at it's it's disjointed in several ways. Like even starting with the beach party, Michelle and I were like, wait, was that real or was it because he's going? Because you you never see them on a beach pl- playing in the surf and stuff. It just felt so different. Oh, I, I interpreted that as. His fantasy? Yeah, that they were in a beach battle. Because, like, all of the equipment that they used for sport, like the that net that they used to, to divide the camp up or whatever, to protect the camp or hide the camp, was what they used for volleyball. And then the, I think there was well, like I another... Well, I had taken that as they just used what they had. Like, they, they I had I did it that... first, too. But then, you know, when he does that, there's that segment where they're on the bus. With the, and he's, with the booze. Right. Yeah. And yeah. he's like... And, which I love that they... I love the way they, they overlap that because it started with like, hey, get this guy a bottle. He needs it. Yeah. And then, hey, get this guy a bottle. And it's serious. You're like, whoa, what the? 
uh oh, we're about to we're about to see some shit. Yeah. So I I mean I think it's open to interpretation and and I don't know that either one of us is right or either one of us is wrong. I I I think that it was either a day off at the beach or there was a beach battle that they got stuck in. Well, one thing that makes me think it might have been a day off at the beach is even in the worst scenarios, I do believe they're all wearing like Hawaiian shirts. Like maybe maybe something, you know, shit got real like you're saying, but I think it was in, it was supposed to be also, a fun they- day. They had never been taken to a place to heal people. The people right, always true. came to them. Yeah, that's true. And he did say that, like, on their way back via the bus, they picked up people. And right. Yeah. So, all right. All right. Well, then, yes, I'm wrong. Then, fine. Fine. Oh, my gosh. Luke, put the headset back Go up. No, no, Luke, don't out. shut the door. Oh, my gosh. She's trying to vote again. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, I vote what? dead people. He's... He's voting for Joe Jorgensen. <laughs> is. But Bernie's of, not on the ticket, Luke. <laughs> speaking of great names, uh, this I believe the psychiatrist is played by Alan Arbus. Mm-hmm. Dr. Sidney Friedman. Yeah, to have Alan Arbus interview Alan Aldo was just... <laughs> quadruple uh, A. Yeah, man. Now, has he been on an episode before? Yeah, yeah. he was a... Recurring recurring se- I wouldn't call him a regular, but he's, yeah, recurring is accurate. Okay, because yeah. he did say like, hey, I've said this to you before, I'll say it again. Yeah, no, uh, you're you're. I would say probably half a dozen at least episodes. And and, all, and he's a main point usually when he appears. Right. I've already said this. I know. I believe. But West Wing's um, use of a therapist for when um, uh, Josh Lyman uh, gets shot at, and yeah. it's mm-hmm. so, and it's also a recurring ther- uh, therapist character. Is so interesting to me. I know I'm obsessed with everything. No, also that therapist is played by Alan Arkin. So Arkin, Another right? Double A, oh, yeah. double A. Yeah. yeah. Now, Michelle, oh, yeah. how about the therapists on New Girl? So they never go to therapy, they and should. I, you I should. think that that might be an issue and a reason to come back. <laughs> Amy Adams um, could be the therapist. I, that oh, that's so good, Shani. That's so good. <laughs> Uh, that's a good point, though. That West Wing episode is very similar to yes. what happens in there. Yeah. Yes. I, I had not occurred to me because, yeah, he keeps talking about, but right, does he think like a balloon's popping or something? Yes. And they finally get him to say that it was guns. It was, yeah. it was the guns. Yeah. 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 So, um, okay, cool. So, all right. Well, so to set it up, uh, Hawkeye is in a mental hospital. We don't know why. At first, uh, it turns out it's. I mean, it's if so you guys, fucking If dark. you are listening and you don't know, uh, <laughs> the reason is because on the way back from the beach, whatever they were doing, uh, they get trapped. Uh, there's a North Korean um, soldiers, whatever you call it, battalion, I guess, that's in the forest. They're trying to be quiet. There is a woman with a baby on the bus. Yay. The baby keeps crying, and then Hawkeye yells at the woman to shut that baby up, and the woman suffocates the baby. And Hawkeye like loses it, yeah. uh, and is in, in a mental hospital, and 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 his son says that there's a chicken on the bus that's killed, and then that's obviously him like you know trying to cope with it, and then finally admitting that it was a baby. Um, this for me watching just for this part, I'll say watching this this time was very interesting because I've only ever seen these episodes. So in syndication, this is broken up into five episodes. Oh wow! I've I've only ever seen these in random episode so i've never watched it front to so back did you think that a baby turned out to be a chicken no but i oh i always thought that that happened at the end ah it you does seem I mean? like I such was, a major reveal that it coming right. coming in the first third it's a bit odd yeah i always assumed like oh this must be the end of this whole bit yeah. but it's not it comes like close to the middle yeah i think um, when i saw it 
like it was one of those things that I watched it one night. Like my mom was like putting my brother or sister to bed. It came on and I was like, what the fuck? And then it ended yeah. and I was just like, oh, well, I guess I'll go to bed now. <laughs> a woman killed her baby. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's funny too, watching Hawkeye's antics as a someone who's mentally ill versus so a, a so TV annoying. character. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, fucking, mental illness is so irritating, you guys. So yeah. It's so annoying. irritating. As one who has one. Um, the, uh, you know, like there is, Alan Alda, I'm, I'm assuming he won awards for that episode. Because... He's won six Emmys for this show. Michelle looked that up. So oh, okay. I don't know if one is specific to this, but six Emmys on 11 seasons is amazing. He, they did it right. They did a really nice job. I mean, they, ma- yeah. they made him manic in a way that feels real. He so real. Like, Looney, yeah. but he he was he was you know like like BJ at one point says like he won't stop talking he's firing off and, and you see him ranting 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 which which is a sign of mania um, right and then you know the the mixing up reality so with delusions and then when he's finally released which you know he, uh, yeah um and then they get attacked and he loses it and goes and gets the the tank mm-hmm. he does I mean he's having like a panic attack that manifests itself in sarcasm but also anger which was such a fascinating thing to watch because like it's almost like when (laughs) when jim carrey played the riddler in batman (laughs) it was a little extra creepy because up until that point jim carrey had always used that power for good and so when it's used for evil or, or used for something negative it's hard to it's it's not hard to watch but it it's it's extra disconcerting right you know so like to hear hawkeye like to use groucho mark's kind of style you know as you said stan which is true like to have him that be because he's a he's suffering from depression and anxiety and ptsd just makes it so much more um uh, awful you know yeah awful. it's a great yeah. it it's a great nuance because um there's a desperateness to him that you don't usually see like the way, yeah. like you, he's like almost like trying to keep his head above water and like yeah. the way he snaps into anger and back. I mean, Alan Alda did a fantastic job. Yeah. Um, one thing I will say too, is they do go back to the well a little bit because there is an episode where Hawkeye starts sleepwalking and it turns out he had a childhood trauma that had to be unlocked. And this is, this is a much darker thing. Well, actually it's, I mean, if you want to, so basically what happens is he starts not being able to sleep and like starts getting weirder and weirder. And I do think they call in Sydney and what ultimately is uncovered is that he was on a boat with a friend when he was a kid and the friend and Hawkeye fell in the water mm-hmm. and like almost drowned. And he learns that the friend pushed him as a joke. Oh shit. So like something, the smell of somebody's wet clothes is what triggered that memory. But all, I'm just saying both episodes are great, but it's a bit of a surprise that they did it twice. Right. But after eleven seasons, what the fuck do you want? From yeah, them? yeah, and and I, I I think what I really loved about this episode, in all senses, was and I say this as someone who's never fought in a battle or barely got into a schoolyard fight, um, that there was a reality to it that, like, I don't know, I guess I don't know, like when war is over, 
does everybody like have to get a ride home like it's a party or do they have like that, transports i know, had a like, weird and how come he got a chopper like why would you be like well my way out is a ch-. i just found it odd the way everybody like everybody leaves almost to what their personality is i guess or or, yeah. or a yeah. twist on it yeah but i found like you know, with the big reveal at the end from BJ, I feel like Hawkeyes was just shoehorned in for that reason. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is, like, what I liked about this episode was the Hawkeye's illness felt like it was yet another reality of war, especially when Vietnam had, I guess Vietnam was ending. It was 83, oh, so it was way it. over. It was over. Way yeah. over. But it's just a reminder of, like, you know, the people that send other people in the war don't always understand the severity the repercussions. of what they're doing. Yeah. The repercussions, yeah. Yeah, you know, like, so what happens is people have PTSD. People find love and, and, and live there. And then, you know, like, when it's over, it's not like the end of a movie where, like, the lights come on and everybody just leaves. It's like, it's over, but then until the ceasefire happens, if the ceasefire happens... Uh, then you can stop and then you can deal with the wounded. And then I don't know, like, I don't know. I don't know if it's like a mass migration or if it's like, you know. Well, <laughs> like, have you like, ever seen Miss Saigon? No. Or do you know of Miss Saigon? I know of Miss Saigon, sure. Okay, so at the very end of Miss Saigon, they have to get the fuck out of Vietnam. Yeah. So um, there, there's choppers in the play and they are picking up people and taking them away to you know whatever station uh, is probably nearby maybe tokyo whatever and um people are not able to go with them like they want to get the fuck out of their own country because it's still this war-torn thing and it's some of the lyrics are the dumbest things on the planet but it's still one of the most powerful moments i've ever seen on a broadway stage where these people are going to be massly murdered massly new new word we can all use it um left behind while the you know all the americans are flown out and it's i think that's not as bad as what's going to happen in korea like yeah but Mm -hmm. it's that feeling of i'm getting out but you guys are still fucked too yeah yeah and um i i saw miss saigon and like the desperateness of people, because there's a fence it's, they're trying to get over. Oh, it's just it's so like, hard. It's like, yeah, and um, well, I, I, also to speak, you know, one thing that obviously goes through the entire show is just like the lack of having their shit together for the army, and like even BJ is his story focuses on that, like he's accidentally right. released from the war, you know, and it's like, and then brought back, and then brought back, um. And, and nobody blinks. They're like, yeah, the, the army is stupid. The army makes these mistakes all the time. Yep. You know, so uh, to your point, Luke, I guess they're not going to have a giant boat to take everybody no. away because they're just not organized. Like, Right. Yeah, no, it, it felt like the, I don't, <laughs> it felt like the end of like a, a big corporate event, you know, where like there's all that one guy who's like, all right, everybody, I got cars for you. There's a car for you. Right. Here you go. Go over here. I'll get you a garbage truck. Um, well, I, and I think, you know, to what we were just talking about with the election, um, there's a person in our country uh, who didn't have vehicles to get his fans home. And so a lot of them got really cold. And um, I think what you're talking about is some people are organized and some people aren't. (laughs) And maybe the army at that time really didn't have their shit together. I'm not saying they do now either. Or that they don't. 
Not that not that there's anything wrong with it, Army. Sure. That I know you're listening, Army. Yeah, Army. Yeah, if that is your name. Yeah, I, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure it also was, you know, narrative convenience because they literally like they not to to jump ahead, but they have the wedding and then they literally rip the camp down yeah. like a second later. Like I'm sure there'd be like time in between you know there'd be a lot of paperwork that has to be filled out like yeah you know. that's true so i'm, I also, I'm sure they're just kind of like let's get this show on the road but i blinked and wasn't sure like they seemed to describe where everybody was going and i got it like i, I didn't totally get where mike or, or Mike Farrell. Mike Farrell seems like BJ Honey. Like I don't think he's acting. I feel like that's <laughs> his wife was a nurse on the show, by the way. His, oh, I, yeah. I don't, is it his current wife Michelle or was it? No, his, it's his divorced wife. Her divorced, name's yeah. Judy. They had two kids together, she and they were friends Korea. towards the end. They were not. Like they are friends now. Like I saw a picture of them. Uh, they're both eighties, and uh, they were like hugging because they, you know, they sold a, they had a soul contract of being married and then having children. Because you stayed, whatever. Shut the yeah. fuck up, Michelle. What? <laughs> Plus, you know, she sold his soul to the devil. Yeah. Uh, you know, as you do. Um, no, but at, like, so Mike drives off. Like, the two people that, that go off into the sunset uh, are Potter on a horse and Mike Aww. on the motorcycle. Yeah. And I, I blink because for me, like, like, Potter does describe his journey. And I, I missed it. But, like. As he's leaving, I get the whole narrative story of him riding off into the sunset and retiring and blah, blah, blah. But I was like, is that safe? Is he going to be okay? I mean, <laughs> you can't just stop at like an Arby's on the way on your horse. Well, I mean, I think the idea is that there's a ceasefire. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But like. So they're not like, yeah, I think. But he was going to drop the horse off somewhere. And then I guess he was. Uh, and I I just assumed it was like. He was like, dropping it at, at the most, orphanage. Yeah, he said he was, most, he was taking it oh, for right. one last ride. Got it. Got, I, okay, that's what I missed. And but, at most five miles away, you know, okay. it's not like it's not a because he doesn't have yeah. he doesn't even have a fucking bag. So, right. and like as proven by Klinger's story, they know the area really well. They know right. where they should and shouldn't travel. Um, mm. I, I would imagine that everybody. Uh, my guess is that um, BJ probably took the motorcycle to Kim. Uh, I can't remember the name of the place, but like it's like that place where oh, where they Hawk got I chased after Trapper and couldn't find him. Got it. Yeah, he probably drove the motorcycle there and then took a plane out of there, is my okay. guess. Yeah. Um, so, the uh, one thing I think we definitely need to talk about is how not deaf Father Mulcahy is yes, or isn't. Yes, thank you. Uh, boy, his deafness is convenient. <laughs> like, sometimes yeah. he hears things He can that only like, hear what? BJ. And, yeah. yeah, like, that's so... And the funny thing is, like, Okay, he has a problem hearing. They, he's not reading BJ's lips like at any point. Like, right? It's does so BJ just have, a, have the correct tone in his voice for Father Mulcahy to hear it? It is that is the only plot point that felt contrived to me. Yeah, yes. you know everything else felt so believable, and each actor felt like in such a way that I, it was a nice send off for everyone. That <laughs> the father. Uh, okay, like when he, it just felt like he's got like sincere father down. Got that, you know, whatever. Like I, I could confess to that guy. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> but then they were like, "Hey, can you be, you know, tormented and deaf?" He's like, "Yep." <laughs> oh, oh, I mean the whole time? Oh boy, I don't know. That's not really my. Uh, 
It's like that ER episode when they went live and Laura Innes is, she has a, a, a ruined leg. I don't know what her leg problem is. Yeah. But during the live episode, she kept switching legs. Oh, really? Really? <laughs> she had already done uh, years of that. Years character. of it. And she was switching legs and it made me so unbelievably <laughs> angry. Maybe they filmed out of sequence and decided to make him deaf in retrospect. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe they filmed that ER through a mirror a couple times. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. R-E, Anything's yeah. possible. Ari. Well, well again, <laughs> I, re- I remember that scene with him praying, being like, God, I don't know what you want from me. Like, why have you done this to me? Yeah. And then, like, but I guess I either I didn't see it or I you know, saw it years later or whatever, the, the second half of that. So I always assumed this was some, like, deep, like, you know, midnight of the soul. Like, how am I going to do this? The next day, he seems fine. Yep. I mean, totally fine. He, yep. He's anno- like it's annoying that he can't hear, yeah. but otherwise he's just sort of like, yeah, okay, like <laughs> do they whatever. not have hearing aids in the fifties? I also they did, well, I mean, but I, maybe I, not I, in Korea. I mean, it seemed to me the idea is they basically is like tinnitus. Like it's not that he can't yeah. hear; it's just that like yeah. there's a loud ringing that's like blocking everything else out. But I always thought like, well, if he's gonna go work in the orphanage, which obviously is very nice, but I was like. I, he doesn't seem like he speaks Korean. They don't speak English. Right. So he's probably right. fine anyway. Yeah, right. Like they're gonna have to communicate. Through this is probably the best thing anyway. that ever happened to him. Yeah. So. <laughs> yes. Exactly. I, there's a weird minor point, and maybe I misunderstood. BJ checks his hearing by holding a watch to his ears. Right. And Father and Father McKay, he's like, "Yeah, I totally hear the beats." And BJ says the watch was in my pocket, but it wasn't. It was in his hand. I never. I, well, I didn't. No, he said the watch is broken. Oh, he said broken. That makes so oh, much more sense. Oh, I thought he said watches in my pocket too, and I was like, <laughs> "Why did he have a broken watch on his wrist?" Who doesn't? Me. It's right twice a day. Yeah, man, <laughs> that is true. You get that in a medical school. You go, "Here's a broken watch in case someone's faking." Right, <laughs> that's true. That is true. Oh man, remember that ER where they just kept breaking watches? <laughs> remember Laura Ennis? She she kept checking the time. Yeah, I know. I I petered out. Um, <laughs> so did she <laughs> fuck you Laura Innes yeah man what a bitch <laughs> hey 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 guys oh by the way Laura Innes directed a um, an episode of West Wing I, I just saw that last night anyway back to what we are talking about I want to uh, give mad props to my girlfriend uh, Loretta Swift Swift so incredible yes I, oh my goodness yeah um, her yeah. teeth are prettier yep. she did get some teeth work yep just, just um, a little whitening i think too maybe a little mm-hmm. bit of bonding or something i don't know yeah i i don't think it's that thing that people are doing now with veneers i think it no. was just like maybe some well not even straightening i doubt they had how would she do braces for a long anyway back to her performance and not her physicality oh my goodness that yeah. thing with charles and her like her devastation and i i'm gonna go on record and say that i think that eventually hot hot guy hawkeye and um hot girl uh, hot girl <laughs> got it on in the states i think they're married today yes the I, end. I think so too i think so too I Wait, think do you guys both really think that yeah. That yeah. Hawkeye and, and um, Lorraine, that, that Loretta kiss. Swick got back together? Oh, yeah. yeah. Got to, no. Yeah. That was their goodbye. And also, Michelle and I both feel like, Michelle said it best, she was like, it's just like they smashed their faces together. <laughs> like, it didn't feel like a passionate kiss so much as what like, is, this is supposed to look like a big deal, just hold he tight. He wants to be with her. He wants to be Thank as you. one. So that, yes. that's why they would be married. You don't know, I, where, I, so, you don't know where Hot Lips ends and Hawkeye begins. 
<laughs> I saw it as we have spent three years in Korea and eleven years on a show together, and th- this is this is the, all the built up tension. But Luke doesn't know back. that they banged. They, I don't know that they banged. They just showed them kissing. I think they banged. Dude, I spent I've spent years with many people. I've and said goodbye to them, and I've never uh, stuck my tongue in their face. Well, uh, I don't think they did either. It was just teeth. Oh, maybe that's how her teeth got straightened. Oh, yeah. Man. <laughs> they, filmed, they filmed that first and then the it, rest of season 11. <laughs> it is really funny because obviously they, they do a joke where um, um, I think it's Father Mulcahy. No, no. It's BJ, uh, Colonel Potter and Winchester are like watching, watching? but waiting yeah. for it to end. And so like the those three actors doing the business of somebody trying to not pay attention was really funny to me. So good. Really yeah. good. Yeah. That was good. I did, yeah. I was, so uh, just take a step back. So Margaret's. Uh, storyline in this is that uh, first of all she's feuding with uh, Winchester because uh, she did a nice thing and got him a recommendation uh, to get the job that he wanted but then he was mad because he wanted to get it himself uh, she also is talking about how her father is going to get her a job uh, in the state uh, no actually in first in Tokyo and then in Belgium then she decides to go her own way not like just do whatever her father says so that's her thing and then uh, when she's leaving, her and Hawkeye have a big kiss. What I actually really loved about that moment was that it went on a beat longer than I would have thought. I agree. It was, <laughs> I agree. It was funny, and then it was funnier, and then I was just like, oh, this is still yeah. happening. Yeah. Yeah. It gets so uncomfortable. Yep. So uncomfortable. And then they're both like, okay, goodbye, yeah. and they leave. Um, it was great. It was and they, like they pan down to his penis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they mash. The monster mash, you know what I'm talking about. I found it odd that the woman on the bus then suffocated Loretta Swit. I just thought that was a weird choice. That was odd. Because Hawkeye was Uh, on the road to health, and then she did that. Yep. Um, One other thing while we're talking about it. uh, So I did look it up. Uh, Alan Alda was nominated for directing this episode. No, not Laura Innes. Interesting. uh, No, but... uh, We like you, Laura Innes. Um, right. And then Alan Alda, Harry Morgan, and Loretta Swit were all nominated for season eleven. It doesn't say specifically this episode. Oh, that's okay. weird. Is that uh, silly? I, I don't know if anybody knows, but do you? Maybe back then you didn't get nominated for an individual episode, right? That- I don't. It, and it was always guest stars that get nominated for an individual. Uh, no, I'm wrong because The Office. Yeah. Well, if you're know. yeah, you can't be nom- if you're a guest star and you're nominated for the episode you're not on. Why don't you, why don't you shut up? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I Yikes. I think it has it has <laughs> it has changed over the years. Um, the directing and writing are specific episodes, mm-hmm. but I think the acting is like the, yeah. the whole season. I I have to say I didn't uh, remember how much Harry Morgan really has ranged. I oh he, he's so good. He, he can do emotional like, and he has a little catch in his voice when he gets yeah. like a little choked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's really good. Like I I he was not one of my favorite characters. Like prior to revisiting the show, I was like he was okay. But going back, I'm re- I actually think he is the better actor than McLean Stevenson, who I really liked. I think Harry Morgan's superior. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Again, it goes to Dan's theory that the replacement yep. characters were better than the originals. Yeah. But I also think that the it's like that Cheers thing. It right. They the tone shift- of the show changed. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. So- I didn't mean to cut you off. No, but that's uh, you know, men love to finish women's sentences, but not <laughs> anymore because we are now wearing shoes so that we don't cut our feet on the glass <laughs> ceiling anyway um <laughs> i actually followed all of that <laughs> a 
Oh, because you smashed uh, through it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Got it, got it, got it. Got it, got it, got it. Cool, 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 cool. Cool, 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 But I don't know that McLean ever had a chance to show yeah, his acting chops and so they killed well him. there was hello larry let's not forget <laughs> that's the show he did after again he didn't have the chance to show his acting chops yeah oh so goodbye so, larry here's my question then too did has anyone seen aftermash i have i i don't remember much about it i remember the plot of one episode i watched it in real time uh well, so it, does father mulcahy magically have hearing again <sighs> that's, a really, that's a good question i'm pretty sure know. they and again this is me going back 30 years in memory he might have a hearing aid in aftermath um i think that the deafness is addressed but that if i remember right he hears so i think he might have had a hearing aid um yeah i i i, I have never seen it but i would be curious as how because he's staying in korea yeah i don't know how they explain why he comes back to the states but. and, and, and well, also yeah. No, sorry. So, 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 uh, Klinger, Klinger is on Aftermash as well, and he's right. supposed to be in clear. It, but, but I looked it up. So, I want to say Sun Yi, but that's not right. Um, no, it is Sun uh, Soon Li. Soon Li. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, like they go to find. It just like I, I looked at a picture of Aftermash, and it's the three of them like posing, yeah. you know, like Charlie's Angel style almost, but it's you know three middle aged men. And it just had that air of like we know we we left them on this note of real heaviness, but eh, they fixed it. We're good. Get back to aftermath. We're good. We're gonna go, we're gonna deal with things at a veterans hospital. Whoa! Yeah, <laughs> everybody <laughs> that, just got. Quiet that was pretty much the reaction Sorry. aftermath got. I, I was I was trying to make sure I was right. Um, the woman who plays Sun Lee, uh, Rosalind Chow, is also in the Joy Luck Club, and she was. So 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 good in that. She's really good. Yeah, two, yeah. Star Trek, Deep Space Nine, the OC. Two notes the about uh, two notes about Soon Lee, uh, Michelle and I. I, I keep because we sat and talked throughout the episode, so we had the same opinions a lot. But she was way out of Klinger's league. I don't know how we got so her. far out. Um, she's very very pretty, and he is not. I'm kidding. But oh, oh like, he's all personality, and she's very pretty. That's why I guess. Oh, I mean. Yeah, you know, yeah. but he's he's, he's a, a Korean War ten. I mean, like you know, he's <laughs> well, the, got a the, jeep and the the other thing that I I actually loved that he gave her his old wedding dress, which I do believe he wears earlier in the series. That's um, they, I'm I'm pretty sure I've seen him in a wedding dress. Um, but what was really funny to me was he proposes to her and she accepts, and the next line is, "That's great." Yeah. Literally, he says that. Like, somebody just agreed to marry you, and he went, like, in cl- typical Klinger enthusiasm, he goes, that's great. Well, that, that was clearly Alan Alda's writing. Yeah, I guess so. That's well, great. He won for that's directing. Great. He won for directing. No, he, he wrote part of the episode, so. No, I know. I'm just yeah. saying his directing. We need a line after this. That's yeah. great. That's just great. That's great stuff. Um, yeah, and uh, by the way, uh you made a good point, Luke. I was trying to quickly read the Wikipedia <laughs> article for Aftermath, which is why I did not respond to you. But uh, was just a- yeah, so 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 Soonly is a character who has come in in the in the the later seasons. Uh, she is around. Um, it is pretty amazing when you realize that like Klinger was a very minor one joke character, and the fact that he is like such a major character by the end, yeah. and he gets like probably the second most important storyline I would argue in the finale after uh, Hawkeye. 
Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah. So so he ends up uh, marrying Soon Lee. They're gonna stay in Korea. I always really appreciate the joke of the one guy he was trying yes. to get out the whole time ends up saying Korea's yep. is genuinely oh, funny. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even think of that. That's yeah. so funny. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, and then they, they go off to find her family. Presumably they found her quickly and then they went back to the States. But that, that's the thing too. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're just like, well, we, we left these open-ended sort of things. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> you yeah, know, plane ticket, uh, hearing aid. We're done. Good. <laughs> yeah. Get on. Did anyone yeah. ever watch Walter? That one episode? <laughs> no, I, I think it's great. I actually did while, well, no, I didn't watch the whole thing, but while researching there was, they, there was a pilot for a show called Walter, which was all about radar. Uh, being back home, and it never, it only ever made the pilot, which actually did end up airing. Oh, they did but, air uh, it. Yeah, uh, it's weird. It's, it's not. It's not very <laughs> well, he good. He joins the he, police force, right? Yeah, he loses <laughs> the because because they send him back to take over the farm. He loses right. the farm. No, then he has to go back to Korea because he screwed up. <laughs> no, but he. The plot line is he becomes a, a police officer, and that's it. I mean, it's. I watched a couple minutes of the pilot, and I was like, "This is weird." Oh, jeez, yeah. he's dead. Oh no! <laughs> Another great knee high to pour out. Yeah. Well, this also, I mean, <gasps> nice. this show was this this I think goes to show this was this show was still a ratings powerhouse. Yeah. Like the right. network did not want to let it go, no. and that's why they did after Mash because they were like, you know. And then, so I'll give you guys some stats um, at this moment. So this episode had one one hundred twenty one point six million viewers. Cheapers. Wow. Um, it would have won the was, election. Yeah, uh, it is. <laughs> It is still the single most watched episode of television of all That's time. That's amazing. Seriously? Uh, 30 years a, on. Wow. Well, for a long time, it was the most watched thing ever on TV. Uh, it was surpassed in 2010 by Super Bowl 44 mm. for, for whatever reason. But uh, it is still the most I think uh, Gary Burgoff was in that Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, he yeah. was the ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> Touchdown! Maybe a fella doesn't want to get kicked all the time. Um, but yeah, it was a huge deal. There was an there was an urban legend, uh, which of course is not true, but there's an urban legend for many years that like uh, many uh, sewer systems in major cities were were overflowed uh, after the finale ended because everyone went to bathroom oh, yeah. at the same time. Oh come on! Uh, but it was, it was a, uh, there were commercials, by the way. Oh wait, were there? Was it aired without commercials? It might have been. I don't think so. But um, no, no. They- I think it might have been because it is a solid two hours. Well, no, there, I know there were, there were fade to blacks throughout. No, but I just mean in time frames because I do remember it being a two hour block of the last mm-hmm. episode. Maybe it was wrong. I don't know. Something we can look at. But um, yeah, uh, the wildfire storyline was written into the show at the last second. We mentioned that. Um, the only other thing is uh, when they're talking about the ceasefire. Uh, at the end of the episode, there's a very cheeky little line where they say some of the forces are being sent to protect uh, Vietnam. And Klinger says, Vietnam, what's that? Yeah. And uh, Potter says something like, oh, it's in Southeast Asia, they say, or whatever. And it's just like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's I, the next I, thing that's coming. Yep. Yeah. And then there's so. Aftermath in Vietnam. <laughs> right. Well, so, so the, here's the thing, too, which was frustrating to me watching this because I, I really, really, really enjoyed this last episode and, and um, it made me angry that after MASH and um, Walter existed because uh, they didn't, they did that thing where they like didn't understand what made the show great. They were just like, just churn it out, just churn it yeah. out, just churn it out. And 
I, I, you know, what would have been amazing is if you had more quality television, you know, you should have seen like five different mashes at the time in 1983. And it wasn't for till years later that we have like platoon and, and all these other mm. great shows, you know, like I'd be curious to see, uh, uh, I don't know, Dan, if you have it right in front of you, but like, what was the number one show when MASH went off the air? Was it like Punky Brewster or like... 83 you know, would have been um, that guy with the mustache in Hawaii. Um, Magnum P.I. I'm mm. betting. Let's see if I'm right. Although that's a drama if, if we're trying to look at the comedies. Well, but either I way, I mean, either fun. way, you know, like the nuance, you know, it, it, there's... So I always think of this when Happy Feet, not Happy Feet, when uh, March of the Penguins came out, it was a huge success. Right. And they interviewed some executive and penguins said, okay yeah uh it was about penguins and they said to the executive you know what do you think about mars of the penguins and he said i really hope that this will lead the way for more uh public enjoyment of documentaries but what's probably going to happen is you're going to see a lot more penguin movies and sure enough happy feet comes out and then surfs up and whatever so it's like that it's like they're they're just churning out things based on elements what? of stuff that you love not but they don't they, they don't find they the they didn't look yeah. at why mash was great they saw army show equals army sets like yeah yeah, yeah. Or, or, or characters familiar go right yeah you know well and 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 not a like when mash is something like let's try to do a show like mash to like recapture the magic it's like let's just keep doing mash yeah. Yeah. like let's get yep. right. like just stretch it out until it just falls um, apart um i just want to say so in 83 oh 83 84 so after mash was the 15th most popular show that's astounding so it, it wasn't it wasn't like it was a failure or anything yeah. uh the top five was dallas 60 minutes dynasty the a-team and simon oh i love the a-team oh simon and simon mm-hmm. yeah so. so there you go there we there go. go i mean like i don't remember you know there isn't one where uh ba has ptsd or uh has to well you I gotta know. knock him out every time he gets on a plane yeah and yeah. how he didn't figure that one out that's what that is system um, no, that was ba sorry yeah I would love to see, uh, like... <laughs> he could almost be a therapist. He's so close. The, uh, I, wanna, I do want to talk about the therapist for a, a. a And the yeah. therapy. <laughs> yeah, Mr. T, AA. Uh, oh, AA is therapy. Mm, yeah. Deep. Um, what, like, number one, how did they have that building built? Like, that wasn't like a tent. That was like a, a structured building. Yeah, you know, that sort of makes sense to me. I'm imagining that that's probably collecting people from all around the area. You know, like it's not uh it's not supposed to be mobile, right? It's it's it's, it's essentially Seoul? it's essentially a mental hospital, right? right. Yeah. So it's in a place that's considered safe. You know what I mean? Like, okay. Yeah, I'm assuming it's deeper into South Korea yeah. where there's less okay. fighting. Because that's the other thing too. Like they are right on the border. Like th- that's the re- there's a reason why the hospital is there, so they can get the yeah. wounded to them right away. Got it. So they are very close to where the fighting is happening all right. at all times. Well, then and they, they actually the over the co- over the course of eleven years, they at least one other time bug out. Like it, they are actually supposed to be able to break down and move fast. Right. I think. Well, it's mobile. Yeah. Yeah. Mobile army sort of mobile in there. Otherwise, yeah, it would yeah. just be so ash. And how, do, how what, yeah. is the monster, what does the monster stand for? <laughs> Military only. Strategic. No! Um, uh, no, I just want to talk about the therapist is good. Sydney. But, Sydney. But there's a creepiness to him that I, I didn't like or appreciate because it makes therapy seem like this voodoo witch doctory sort of thing. Because he's got like those, you know, <laughs> there's almost a little bit of like, 
tell me about your dad. You know, like, tell me about your boss. Yeah. (laughs) I sort of, I was sort of wondering, like, how much of that was supposed to be like, look, this is the way therapy was in the 50s. It was not. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it still had a long way to go because it, it is sort of weird and creepy. And right, the fact they, they send, well, the fact that they send him back. That we should insane. talk about, too. Like, yes. I thought that was real. Like, your stakes are really high. If he freezes, somebody dies. Like, right. nobody, like, Sydney didn't come back with him immediately. Like, Hawkeye was on his own. Right. right. I, I chalk that up to meatball therapy. If we have meatball surgery, mm, this yeah. is meatball therapy. Right. right. Like it's and they just need him back on the they need him back there. Yep. Like yep. That's so, a really half good a Hawkeye point. beats no Hawkeye, I guess. Yeah. But but I but I again I sort of felt like because even even after Vietnam, they still had not really figured out PTSD. Yeah. Right. Like they. Still no, I think it's know. pretty recent that they actually have. So yeah. So I think they're kind of like, oh, he seems fine. Yep. Send him back. Like, right. So it, it did seem like the therapy wasn't great, but I was like, I don't know how much of that is just the show not really knowing and how much of them were like, this is the way it would have been. Yeah. Hawkeye right. even calls it, calls it out. He's like, I I, yeah. I was like breaking down three days ago and now you're shipping me right. out. Yeah. Um, I'd like to talk about BJ's arc for a little bit. If we're done with the the therapist part. Uh, I don't know. I do, I, the one thing I want to say, there, there's a great George Carlin bit uh, from the 80s about PTSD and how the evolution of that term and how they keep adding uh, syllables to it to devalue its importance when it first started. I'm not going to do business, do justice to George Carlin's bit, but you know, originally it was called shell shock. You go to world war two, it's called shell shock, two syllables sounds scary. And then I forget what the term is after this, but the time you battle fatigue, battle fatigue. Yes. Now we're into four syllables. And, you know, now they're upset. It sounds a little bit like you just need a nap. You'll be okay. Now we have post-traumatic stress disorder. Sounds fixable. Sounds easy. Take a pill. You know, it's not a big problem anymore. And, you know, and then it, he's like, but if you, call, if you still called it shell shock, you would probably treat veterans with a lot more respect than, than you would. And, um, there's a little bit of that in this, too. Yeah, I agree with that. That's all. That was my little tirade. My little uh, flower power uh, <laughs> hippie tyrant. Let's just love each other. All right, let's talk BJ's. Uh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's our other podcast. Um, I thought I just found I like the bureaucracy and that everybody was like, "It's great that you you, you know like you got to win in your column." Something you know like the chips fell in your favor. The whole scene where like Potter argues him like to have to convince the rest of the camp that it's okay for him to leave, I just found a bit odd. I get it because he's like, "Well, you're the new guy compared to the rest of these people," um, but I was fine with it. The thing I think that was the weirdest to me was he gets. He's almost home. He has to come back. He's mad for like a second. And then he's like, okay, like he thought he was going home. Like this, right. this is a big deal. And then he just comes back and he's okay with it. I just found that a little like not realistic. I, I think that probably when he was flying back, he was probably livid and pissed and he was probably spent by the time he got home. He got yeah. a third of the way there and yeah. it's halfway across the world. So that's probably eight hours. I don't, mm, I don't that's do a, that. I mean, I, I guess that's true. Yeah, and also, I mean, like, one of the, I think Winchester may be one of my favorite characters because his anger and his rage always bubbles at the surface, 
because he doesn't want to be there. I mean, again, we, we talked about this before, but like this is an amazing show because it is a sitcom about people that do not want to be in this situation at all. And yet they still are there. They've resolved themselves to the fact that they're there, so they're going to make the most of it. And so I think that there's a, a you know, there's a sense like when you belong to the army, you belong to the army and that's it. And there's you can't fight City Hall to it. I, I, that's the vibe I got from Mike where Mike was just like, he, he looks at them like they got me. You know, I almost got away, but they got me. Well, that, you that's know what, the vibe I got from him. You know what? Actually, as we're discussing it, too, like he knew it was a mistake. It's not like he was he wasn't rightfully released and then pulled back. He didn't know. Carrie yeah. knew. Right. No, but then, but, they, yeah. but they knew. They talked about it as a group that this was a bureaucratic screw up before PJ left. I well, I think they say it must be a mistake. Right. Yeah. Because because yeah. any because says they the first mistake they made was drafting me. And this is their second mistake, yeah. but they don't know for sure. It's only later when he's on the leaving on the helicopter, right. and Potter's like, "Oh, put that on my desk. I'll check it later." Yeah. So like he can just you know has plausible deniability to say that he left without before he could stop him. But um, by the way, Guam. He goes to Guam. That's one thousand eight hundred seventy-seven miles away from South Korea. It's like ten or twelve hours away, right? He he, he had some time to process. <laughs> That's true. Isn't that the way I mean, back? Yeah, it's I like guess. the difference between here and what like Oklahoma. I don't know. I, I don't think know. a third of the third Jeopardy. of the way across the country, which, wherever yeah. the one third point is, Kentucky. Yeah. It, has anybody and, seen a map recently? Maybe if anybody had seen a map recently, we would. why would we do that? Yeah. I, I know where Nevada is. I know where Pennsylvania <laughs> is. And I know where Georgia is. And you it. know how to pronounce Nevada. I know where Arizona is. Yep. I know all. I know all the counties of Pennsylvania yeah. now by heart. So yeah. Allegheny. Um, That's not but said I, right. Uh, yeah. No, I do. Li- I want to talk about that for a second. But the the the. So they do the thing on the show where they say, hey, another surgeon's coming. We don't know what he looks like. We don't know who he is. They just say he's on his way. That it was too fast. And then, you know, he does the turnaround and reveal that it's BJ after he's left. Luke, um, had you already guessed that it was going to be him coming back? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't, it, was, know, it wasn't that masked very, you know. No, but it I still. It wasn't mashed. Yeah, but I still was like, well, I think partly because I was like, you can't introduce a new character with mm-hmm. 20 minutes left to go in the finale. I mean, that's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I really, you know, it, it, it was that like, um, God, I'm trying to think of like what, you know, the only thing I can think of was like in like the music man at the very end when they, they try to get him to run away and he's like, no, I got my foot caught in the door. Like it, it's that thing where he was like, <laughs> just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in. You know, it was that. Rev- it was that look <laughs> of like. Is Robert De Niro here? That's my Pacino. That's, that's how Pacino. I meant that. He's Robert De Niro. I think I'm out. They pull me back in. The only other thing we didn't talk about, which I don't know if anyone cares about, but is Winchester. No, and I Chinese care. Oh that, yeah, that, that fucking PW devastated band. me. Like yeah. it real, yeah. when when I forgot that that happened. Yeah. <gasps> Oh my gosh! So, yeah, so he he meets the band, he trains the band, like he hates the band, then he trains the band to play, and then they finally do, and they get sent away, and then he he sees one of them has died. No, they've know. all died. Right. That's the last. Oh one. right, okay. the only one that was a lot. Right, that's true. They all yeah. died. That made the and yeah, they were they were all killed. Yeah, I love. And they were peaceful. God damn it! Yeah, they weren't soldiers. Yeah, I love they met that. That really hurt me. A, a forest dump. <laughs> Forest dump. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but uh, no, I, I, that that montage that they have, um, where like everybody says what they're going to do after the war, which is really nice. It, it it 
struck me a little bit as if like some of them were actors, some of them were the crew, some of, you know, it, mm-hmm. it was, it felt like a moment where they were like, anybody who's worked on the show can have a moment here, which yeah. is nice. But then it we- was, um, real quick. It really was reminiscent of, uh, Hey, maybe I'll go somewhere from Never mind. Yeah. I, musical. It's, it's from, um, best little whorehouse in Texas. <laughs> they're closing oh. the whorehouse and they're yeah, all yeah. sitting there singing about what they're going to do now that they're not, Having to be uh, prostitutes in uh, Texas, or not allowed to be. They moved to Nevada near my father. Oh, that's okay. so nice. That, that that's a great song. I mean, it's, it's a Dolly Parton song, so not surprising, but that's it's Hard Candy Christmas. Yes, it's one of the best songs. I love that song so I'm much. I see that show. I've never, anyway. Um, it's not all great, but that's great. I found yeah. it's not reflective of an actual whorehouse. But... <laughs> yeah. I found it's not that little. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but Winchester saying, you know, I used to listen to music as a refuge, and now it's going to be a painful reminder. And that just, he just delivered the shit out of that. And can you imagine, like, just listening to music reminds you of the worst time in your life? It's like listening to the wind, you know? Like, how do you avoid yeah. music? <laughs> and the thing I, I like about his thing a lot is... um his doesn't resolve well. Like everybody's resolves pretty much on a happy note. Okay, he can't hear, but he's going to be a chaplain at an orphanage. But Winchester- He's got aftermash. He'll be fine. He's got aftermash. But Winchester, not only was he given this, uh, the pompous man got his job through the nurse. That's that's a fact that he knows whether he admits it or not. And music has been robbed from him like he has a horrible ending and then yeah. it obviously the, the final joke being he leaves korea in a garbage truck you know happily. Like the, right the, the, happily. happily yeah um but the thing and and obviously him and margaret go back and forth where he's really mean to her and then he's really he's nice and he gives her back you know the, the poetry um i i love all of it uh i i just yeah, like I'm almost emotional just recounting his tale because yeah. man, yeah. that guy went through the ringer. Yeah, yeah. And, not, uh, not the clinger. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not the hopper or the. Po- I don't know. No. Yeah, that, again, just that we'll out. stop. Just, uh, no, leave no, it. But he, uh, and he is the villain, not for villainy's sake, but for yeah. you know, some people turn their their depression and in frustration to sarcasm. Some turn it to alcohol and womanizing, and he turned it to just fucking, you know, uh, vitriolic barbs. He also says of the soldier that he, the, the musician that's dying, he says he wasn't even a soldier, he was a musician, which like is like a like, level of respect he is now giving that guy that he yeah. did not give him in the beginning. Yeah. Oh, um, that's nice. I did find, and I know that they explain it fairly quickly, I had no idea what they were doing when they when they find him, that they were surrendering was not obvious to me. I'm like, why no. are they setting up and playing music and following this guy? <laughs> he was the Pied Piper. Yeah. I, 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 you know, it's funny because I didn't, because I went to a shitty public school, so I didn't understand that they were even soldiers from North Korea or the Chinese. Yeah. I, I was just like, oh. They're they like a traveling to... troop. Yeah, they're like, oh, they have the same uniform. That's so nice. Uh, so pretty. So I didn't get that they were surrendering either, but only because my knowledge of history is so poor. Do you think that if you'd gone to a private school, you'd have a better knowledge no, of if history? No, I think that if I'd gone to a decently funded public school. Uh, mm. Well, maybe in this new America. Shut up. Stop. <laughs> I mean, 
I gotta say, Luke, I think also I think the option would have been watch Mash when you were a kid because yeah. I knew. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that. You that's are. how I know. That, I, that's how I know that little red star in their hat meant they were North Korean or Chinese. <laughs> yeah, because you know, I watched. Yeah, I actually. Years worth of Mash. I didn't have a book. I had a videotape of Mash that yeah. they, they would just play. <laughs> it was History also it was also my psychology class. <laughs> It's true. I, I uh, uh, my knowledge of the American Revolution is really just Hamilton, so I, I, I get it. <laughs> my Southern War. <laughs> I'm killing myself right now. Is North and South <laughs> the miniseries with Kirstie and Patrick Swayze? Yes, I love me so much. Right now. Um, the other thing I want to say about Winchester is like he's obviously a huge asshole, but yes. Um, the other thing when you're talking about coping is that. I don't know why I thought of this, but there's a moment in the book Catch-22 when they're in the uh, German prison camp and the British guy is talking about how they shave every day and they exercise and the main character is like, why why bother? Like, you're in a prison camp. And they're like, well, we're not going to let the Germans change us. Mm. We're going to do exactly what we would have done anyway like this is we wake up we shower we shave we exercise like we run drills and that that also struck me too where he's just like this is who i am like i'm an upper crust like you know doctor or whatever i'm gonna act like this and i'm not gonna let this war change me and i think the the you know the the end story is that it did change him yeah right like he mm-hmm. he is gonna leave he he couldn't it, it seeped into him eventually whether he wanted it to or not, no matter how he oh, tried that's to stop devastating. Him, so. Yeah, I mean, his, his character arc, he, there's several episodes that focus on how he cannot cope, but puts on the face you're talking about. Uh, he becomes addicted to, to pills in an episode. Um, mm. There's an episode where they're getting fired on, and um, Charles puts his hat on a hook and sees that there's a bullet hole in the hat. Like, he literally was like an inch away from getting shot in the head. I mean, like, and... Obviously, this is a sitcom, and we're talking. We're ta- war is obviously a topic none of us, thank God, have had to experience up front and close. But like Hawkeye cracking up makes sense. Like everybody, oh, yeah. like every, every bit of this is like, God, you think you're gonna die every day? Like, what is that? Oh like? yeah, yeah. No, none of this was contrived in any way. I yeah. mean, like you know, none of this was was. Uh, I'm trying to think of a sitcom that became dramatic for the sake right, like, of drama. Overdid it. Yeah, I mean, like it's not maybe like it's Un- aftermath. Yeah, it's not like uh, Uncle Jesse had PTSD all of a sudden, you know. Um, uh, uh, it it was just he. Yeah, it makes sense. It it you know I I think that like again, what frustrated me watching this was like you could tell they put in the time, and I think partially because I I just finished that office behind the scenes book about how they put in the time and like. There are so many shows, especially in the 80s, that you can tell that all the writers and the cast and the crew got out by four o'clock, you know, like mm-hmm. every day, no matter what. Like, mm-hmm. you, you can't tell me it took more than 20 minutes to write, prep and shoot a Save by the Bell. I mean, like that they could film in real time mm-hmm. that like it, and it just frustrated me because you, you have a you know, it opens the door to so much great TV, to so much great quality. And yet it's still TV still regarded as a kind of a shitty medium until cable and like the wire come around, you know what I mean? Or like the Sopranos or Oz or something, you know, like, um, it just, it, it was frustrating to me to see such good TV so long ago. And then having shows like 
again, it's the it's the modern family argument that we talked about before, where it's like you you have the keys to the castle, you have the ability to do amazing groundbreaking stuff, and yet you left by three. You took a free trip to Australia. You yeah. just you know like, god damn you, you know. Yeah, and this show <laughs> did it for eleven years, so you can't even argue fatigue. No. Um, no. An interesting thing just in the in the wormholes that we get in while we you know research shows, apparently Loretta Swit was up for possibly playing the role of Cagney in Cagney and Lacey, but they wouldn't let her out of her MASH contract to to take the show on. Mm. How rude. Really? But she would have been a great Cagney, like she's got the right she gruffness for that role. Which one's Cagney? She the the, the gruffer blonde. One. The blonde. Got it. Not Time Daily is the right. Untime Daily. Yeah. The Antine Daily. <laughs> Not Sharon Glass. Got it. Okay. Yep. Uh, I was a very young child when that show was on, and I thought Cagney and Lacey and, and Kate and Allie were the same show, and I got very <laughs> confused why sometimes why, why it was funny and why it, and then someone got murdered. Yeah. <laughs> why is the light <laughs> so like, nice in this one? Be solving crimes. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, um, <laughs> That's so amazing. I don't know. I mean, those two actors, like, or the four actors, look nothing alike. Why I was confused. Uh, I, I know, mean, there's no, like I was darker, on CBS, but one's redhead. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Oh I wow, CBS. A, yeah. I, I went to public school. I was very yeah. yeah no, um, I get it. I get it. <laughs> Am I the do only we, one who went to private school? <laughs> Wait, did you? Uh, one thing I'd like to do because I think we're kind of wrapping up yeah. here is just go around the horn and get everyone's kind of final thoughts on Mash. Sure. Uh, as a whole, so I don't stand on. Yeah, I'll start. Um, I I thought I was going to go back and see the flaws in the show, and that is the opposite of what happened. I think for eleven years they delivered a well written, well performed, deeply funny and emotional show pretty much every time. Um, so we've been covering it for three weeks. So essentially on and off for three weeks, I've been watching, watching episodes. I've gone beyond what we're supposed to watch. Now I'm just watching them. I have teared up probably every single, not every single episode, but every single night that I've watched them. And I'm not prone to that. So, I mean, granted the country's in a weird time. So maybe everybody's a little more surfacey. Um, I, it, 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 so we have a very good friend who literally cannot stand the show. Uh, Betsy, Betsy, are you listening? Uh, but <laughs> wait, honestly, who is it? No, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> my my final takeaway is, I do not think this is. I'm gonna tip my hat. I'm giving it a ten. I do not think I can come up with anything in this show that I have any long lasting problem with. I love this show. All right, oh. uh, Michelle. I, the only thing that, the only issue that I have with this show is that I'm like, is it a sitcom? <laughs> it's three minutes, it's three hours. 30 minutes. Uh, three, 30 minutes, right. there's a three. And it is situational. But gosh, the comedy, it's so, it's so deep and wonderful. Mm. It's like a, it's like good chocolate. It's so satisfying. And, um. I'm still, I'm, fuck it, I'm going to give it a 10. I, I love, I think it's um one of the first show, you know, to get a little liberal, but um it really, it had uh, all colors, actors, like it wasn't like just this white show. And I, I know that the people in that were stars were, but it, it, it was just ahead of its time in so many ways. 
the women were treated um, poorly in the beginning, I felt. And then you can see the shift to where they were respected more in a weird way. And I think it was also indicative of what may have been going on in the world or in America because, you know, feminism was really starting. Shut up, Michelle. Anyway, so I gave it a 10. I stand by it. Stand by my husband, Stan. USA all the way. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Uh, Luke. uh, I got to say, this was uh, a journey for me, man. This was, this was a ride because it was, it, 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 I I see why it got the accolades it got. I see why because I fell for it hook, line, and sinker. I, I um, the quality is just so good. It it really is a really good show. It was very difficult because we these past three weeks have been the deciding, not just the future of our country, uh, but I feel like they've been a real turning point in a lot of ways. Of I think the next. 50 years, honestly. I mean, I think that we're at a very low point that may be turning a corner or we may be at the beginning of a very, of, of a civil war. I don't know. Um, so to watch a show about war, about conflict, about people just trying to be human when there's so much negativity surrounding them was uh hard to watch at times i had to to deal with it do this in in spurts um i think that if i feel like i'm in a better place i would love to go back and watch all these but right now it's 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 a little triggering it's a little hard to watch um but what do i rank it i mean Yeah, I I would either go nine five or ten. I mean, can I go nine seven five? Would you guys hate if I? Uh, no, just... I I wouldn't. One one thing I kind of wanted to I I don't mean to 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 caveat it, but basically I know the only other show that had straight tens was Fleabag. Yeah. So, I this is my personal view. I do think Fleabag is a better show than Mash, but I do the reason I gave Mash a ten was because I'm like at some point you're a ten. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Fleabag, yeah. is, Fleabag is an 11, but we don't go to 11. So, uh, you know what I mean? What I, I don't know if this yeah, is helping no, you make a decision, Luke. Like, I almost didn't give it a 10 because I'm like, yeah, but if I do that, that's like saying it's an equal to Fleabag. But then part of me is like, no, maybe it's a final threshold. You pass it or you don't. I think that's, yeah, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. It's like, does it, is there a class of 10s or are we ranking these entirely? Right. I, yeah, I, I don't know, like... It's hard, right? Because I don't think you could have a flea bag without MASH in a lot of ways. Because you, you, mm. you can't have a show that deals with such heavy issues uh, meshed with comedy um, without having MASH have done that already. But, oh, but to, I, I, to, answer, to answer what you asked, Luke, there's nothing wrong with a 975. You give whatever you want. I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I... Well, I, I would also say, like, you know, I mean, we don't have to, like, torture ourselves with the rankings only because, like, I mean, like... Yes, we do. Mash and Fleabag. <laughs> That's what the <laughs> whole point like, of this is. Obviously, Mash and Fleabag represent two very different eras yeah. of television, right? I mean, Fleabag is, what, 12 episodes? This is 256, yeah. like, first of all. And then, like you said, I mean, you know, I was thinking if if Mash were made today... It would almost certainly be an hour long drama. Yeah. Right? Yes. And it would probably be twelve episodes per season or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and it would be a very different type of show. Like but at the time it was like, well, you're either an hour long drama or you're a half hour sitcom, like pick one or the other. We there is this 
space now where you can be in the middle, which just didn't exist back then. So they were doing thing they were they were doing something that was kind of brand new. So even any I think the show has minor flaws, but I think all of them were just goes like, well, they had never done it before. Right, right. So they were kind of learning. And the fact that it's so good as they're learning, you know, to do something that's pretty new is is pretty spectacular. So the, you know. the other thing on my part, which I just simply don't have the ability to separate, is how much of this is nostalgia and like that warm feeling I had as a kid. Like I, I, I honestly can't say because I, I don't know. But I, I gotta say, it's like sipping, it's like sipping, because it's like sipping warm bath water. <laughs> it's what I, it's like slipping into a warm bath. Like I am just like so absolutely comfortable watching this show, and I, I don't, I might be elevating it for that reason. Really interesting to me too that it's the Korean War because the Korean War, um, in, in the in like, you know, you've got World War One, World War Two, the Korean War, and then Vietnam, and then Persian Gulf. You know, for us, we we're on the cusp of Vietnam, which was just had so, because we did so terribly in it, it, just had such an emotional impact, um, on uh on us, and then you know the Persian Gulf. You, know, you have two of those, and that uh, that's still having an impact. So the Korean War always felt to me like war light, which, and I don't mean to make it, I don't mean no, to devalue I... it in any way, you know. But it's a bit like Granada, you know, to me, you know, it, it's that thing of right. like it was an excursion or it was whatever, but it was a war and it was a thing, and and they they deal with that very, you know, and I guess because they, they don't have the foresight to know the difference between like Korea and like the Persian Gulf and, and blah, blah, blah. But as a daughter yeah. of a veteran and happy Veterans Day, yeah. um, this will come out right, um, right before it, um, or actually the second one will, but um, it, as that, it, it helps children who, whose parents serve and, um, and really were affected by um, that. It, it helps to see what, why, because my father is one of those who uh, served in several of these things, things, and he never ever talked about the war. Yeah, he talked. Mm-hmm. He talked about when he was, you know, stationed um, in Antarctica, and he talks about like the shit he did in Japan after World War Two, and he talks about how he went to New York City and. Instead of seeing guys and dolls, what a fucker, he went to see hookers, like all this other stuff. So getting to see why my dad was an alcoholic or why my dad wasn't, was distant in this 30 minutes. Anyway, it's, I think it's really important to Americans and America and, uh, and people who've had to watch people suffer and not know why, like that's what art is to us anyway. Um, Anyway, happy Veterans Day, everybody! Like, thank no, you for well, serving. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and I thank you. You know, I, I, I made a comment about it being a lighter war because I feel like no, 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 that's not no, 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 no. Yeah. And, and I know, yeah. I know, we're we're so cool. I just, I, I mean, like, what <laughs> I think what the art here did just to kind of piggyback on what you said is like reminded people that it is not war light. There is no such thing as a easy war. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people die. People, you know, no matter what it is. Well, and I was going to say, Korea is also referred to as the Forgotten War because it was so quickly overshadowed by Vietnam mm-hmm. and everything else that came after that. And they they make a point. The radio announcer says something like 100,000 yeah. UN soldiers yeah. have died. Yeah. 
Like that's a hundred thousand people died yeah. in what's like called COVID. the forgotten. Yeah, but that's like what, what in what's called the forgotten yeah. war. Right. Like so, I mean, how many? You know, and then how many ever wounded? And I think they say a million yeah. Korean and Chinese yeah. soldiers yeah. were killed. Yeah. Like, you know, it's I mean, it's insane to think how many people died, and then it's just like, okay, yeah. well, we're leaving, and now we're it's over. over. It. Yeah, and it's like nuts. Um, all right, well, I'm gonna try to pull us out. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> possible. I know. Uh, I will say too. These episodes have been uh, too long. <laughs> No, no, yeah, no, no. But they they haven't been as goofy as we've done in the past because I feel like there is yeah. a heaviness to the show that is unavoidable, and it's also a heaviness to our country. Yes, so hopefully that's next true. week we'll fill. Yep, yep. yep. Oh, uh, next week is Thanksgiving. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah. So uh, I'm correct in saying our next episode is going to be the Thanksgiving special. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to pick four. Uh, this will be the for Halloween for Thanksgiving episodes and talk about those so that should hopefully be a lot lighter um yeah hopefully because we're gonna roast you <laughs> like a turkey guys i'm gonna do the thanksgiving episode nice. of six feet under is that too weird is that no no that's good. breaking <laughs> bad that, has yeah. what they say the word thanksgiving in an episode of breaking yep, bad i'm yep. gonna use that one yep. <laughs> oh but uh the week after luke do you have your episode ready i sure. do i do my show mm-hmm. ready uh oh show I see now I'm debating it, but whatever. I'm going to do, I think we should do scrubs. Oh, good I think we should, you know, I think it's medical. It's so and, mash. Yeah. yeah. That's so mash. Yeah. I think we should do scrubs. What I will, does scrubs stand for? Uh, surgical. <laughs> Screw you. Crum, crummy. Crummy. Urban. Ubbers. Um, I'll pick three episodes for us to watch because I, I, I do want to say I don't think because Scrubs did a weird thing where they like stopped oh, and started yeah. again. And so mm-hmm. the Scrubs, the next generation doesn't count for me. That doesn't. No. I, I when agree. JD leaves, it's over. Yeah, it's over. I think we can call that a spin. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. It could end with the last episode. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, then I think that's it. We'll do Thanksgiving and then Scrubs, which is exciting because. Obviously, the Mash Connection, but that is another show that wildly went between like very light and very dark, and and for the most part was successful yeah. with it. So I already thought of my favorite oh, scene. Oh, yeah. uh, just on a completely unrelated note, my friend Trish is wondering why we didn't do Happy Days yet. Trish, we'll get there. All right. Anyway, well, thank you so much for listening to another FN podcast about sitcoms. I'm Michelle. I'm Stan. I'm Luke. I'm Dan, the producer. And we love you. Could you do us a favor and and rate, subscribe, and tell your friends? That'd be nice. Thanks. Unless you're Jane from State Farm. (laughs) Jen. Jen, Jen, you're dead to me. Yeah. Oh, my God. I had a dream about Jen from State Farm, and that she (laughs) I really did. Okay. Anyway, thank you so, so much. Bye. Bye, This has been another effing podcast about sitcoms. The music for our theme song is by Ryan Satoy, and the lyrics and vocals are by our own Michelle Likowski. Our logo was created by Luke Ward. Follow us on Instagram, and if you could leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, well, we'd certainly appreciate it. Another effing podcast about sitcoms will return in this time slot next week. This is CBS.